Hello there, my name is Jeff, and welcome to episode 54 of the Game Sharks podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, award shows. Welcome, yes. welcome to the Sharkies, best of 2020. We're just making sounds. Uh, and I mean, it'd be, it'd be great if we hadn't coordinated at all the song we were going to sing. Yeah, right, we, just, <laughs> we both felt the need. Uh, but didn't have any coordination, so we just made sounds. Uh, and video games. Joining me this week is Tcon. Hello, Andrew. What's cracking? And eventually Derek, but he's not here right now. He's getting some, uh, I think, new floors put in at his house. So he's something. Yeah, like he's gonna hop in as soon as they finish. He thinks maybe in about a half hour or so. Uh, so he's gonna hop in. He'll join us for the latter half of the episode, the more important half of the episode. But we're going to roll. We're going to get back into how uh, our normal structure is. We're going to read an email. We're going to talk about some news, what we've been playing. And then the winners of the Sharkies will be announced. So let's get going. Our one email this week is from friend of the show, former guest of the show, brother of mine, Matt. Interesting. Matt says, Hello, Matt. Matt says, Dearest Sharkies, congratulations on your first year of podcasting. Keep up the good work. All of this best games of 2020 talk has got me thinking about how I compile my own lists. I've been keeping a log of the movies I've watched since 2008, and I've created a giant list of the top 20 movies for every year going back to the 1930s. At the the beginning of 2020, I decided to expand my pop culture journal to include not only movies, but TV, books, music, comics, podcasts, and video games. This may seem like a lot. It was. I watched 570 movies, read 42 books, listened to hundreds of hours of podcasts and music, and read well over 100 comics. It was a tough year. Cut me some slack. As I look over everything I have logged and start to create my best of lists, all while listening to you debate the merits or lack thereof of your favorite 2020 games, I've given a great deal of thought to what I value from art. And oftentimes when I look back at a year, it's the art that is imperfect or messy that resonates the most it's rare that something is perfect there's been over 40 years of star wars stories and there is debatably only one perfect star wars movie while the rest run the gamut not gambit uh Ah. from pretty cool to what the hell happened here but to talk about the past 40 years of cinema and not include star wars would reveal an incomplete picture of the story of cinema much like it would be hard to talk about 2020 without including Cyberpunk 2077 or Animal Crossing. Whatever expectations or disappointments you may have felt with Cyberpunk 2077, it will still be a game that is thought about in years to come. And maybe that's because it's a complete debacle and a fuck-up and a failure. But it is possible that you'll talk more about Cyberpunk 2077 in the coming years more than some video games that you actually liked. I know we... T- uh, I know we talk about The Phantom Menace far more than we talk about The Green Mile, a middle-of-the-road movie starring Tom Hanks that did decent at the box office and critics seems to think was alright. Last episode, you said that perhaps Animal Crossing's popularity benefited from the pandemic, that there was no way it would be as popular if people weren't forced to stay at home with nothing to do. Maybe that's true, but maybe that doesn't matter. If the year was defined by a pandemic, shouldn't a year end... A a year's end list reflect that as well. Your reservations about Animal Crossing have been well documented. I'm sure you have a lot of merit. But it seems to me that the game had a massive cultural impact 
should be in any end of the year conversation about video games. I've seen stand-up comic routines, late-night talk shows, bands, and even political ads for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris from Animal Crossing. And I've been playing—I've never played the game. To call back to the conversation we had last time, I guess is on your podcast. If this isn't evidence of the future of narrative storytelling in video games, then I don't know what is. And sure, there's definitely a difference between year-end summaries and best-of lists, but maybe the complete picture is far more interesting than the arbitrary list of great art. I know the voluminous—I oh, can never say this word—voluminous amount of lists. Voluminous. Voluminous. Is that how voluminous? Sure. Yes. I have no idea what you're trying to say. Uh, of like, large volume. Of oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got that. Yeah. I know the voluminous amount of lists that I create are really records of my future for my future self to look back on, to reflect, and to remember. But really. What I'm interested in hearing from you guys is whether or not there are any games that you love that are deeply flawed. Are there any important video games that have changed the way you think about the world or storytelling or video games as a whole that are maybe not very good? Anyways, anyway, hopefully it's this is all food for thought. I thought the I I'm falling apart. I look forward to another year of Game Sharks podcast. Remember, you are the, my only source for video game news. Don't fuck it up. And if you're wondering what my favorite video game of 2020 is, that would have to be Tetris 99. That's what you say. But Matt, Tetris 99 did not come out in 2020. At which point I would respond, time is a construct. Keep on sharking a, a game shark, Matt. Okay. Keep yeah, on sharking exactly like a game say. shark. Oh. Um, um, cool. On, on Animal Crossing. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely acknowledge the cultural impact it had. However... Uh, for myself and the way that I look at games and the way that I think about where I rank things, I tend to entirely remove the culture's, cultural significance of games. That's why whenever I'm thinking of, like, like what are my favorite games, uh, you know, of all time? Or, like, Jeff, recently we've been talking about, like, you know, best of all time lists just holistically. Mm -hmm. um, and while a lot of people would say you know, on, on a top 100 games of all time list, you know, some of the top 10 games are Ocarina of Time, Super Mario 64, you know, Super Mario World. The only one that I would really put in that echelon is Super Mario World because it's the one that holds up the best, not necessarily because of its cultural impact. Yeah. You know, like Super Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time are revolutionary video games. And if it's the top 100 influential games of all time, then those are one and two, like almost without question. Yeah, but when I'm looking at if my list is just you know my top 100 games of all time, then those games won't show up for me. And I'm just look at what games do I enjoy playing. Hmm. Video games are undoubtedly an art medium, an art form. Uh, mm -hmm. but there's very a very technical side to it, similar with films, where yes, film is an art form, but you can get into the nitty gritty of shot uh, composition and which. I don't know. I feel like video games fall more under technical than than movies do or has the potential to, um, especially because you are interacting with it. So it needs to also like control and feel good. It's it's kind of it's weird. But uh, we we as a group collectively have always looked at video games in a more technical aspect with art uh, being a more secondary component um, where it's like, 
that's why we have a category in our game of the year discussion that is best game feel because like that's super important to us as a group um uh, and then on like when we move on to game of the year we're thinking about game feel but also the way the game looks and the story being told but one of the key and most important things for us as a group has always been the more technical aspects of it and like mm-hmm. you were saying with Mario, Mario 64 is a great example. I recognize that that game revolutionized 3D games. Uh, like, it period. was, yes, period. That was the game that taught everyone how to transition from a 2D plane into a 3D world. But it doesn't feel super great to go back and play today. Now, like Correct. you were saying, it's still super important. It's one yeah. of the most important video games of all time, hands down. Um, but yeah, and I, just like Animal Crossing is one of the most important games of this year, I don't think it's a fun video game. Yeah, like I don't enjoy playing it, and therefore mm-hmm. I don't consider it like you know the amount of impact it had with culture and the scope of how the year played out just does not factor into my rating of the game. Yeah, your liking of the game. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with you there, but I see what Matt is getting at. Matt, absolutely yeah yeah uh he he very much is a very artistic person and uh that's important to him and that's important to his definition definition of greatest or, or best of lists or most important list whereas for mm-hmm. us not so much but to each their own yeah um i've actually been doing a similar thing as him this year uh although not quite as extensive i have been keeping a list of all of the uh tv shows and movies that i watch mm-hmm I haven't counted them, but it's probably a lot. <laughs> I I only that, start- that and video games, of course. Yeah, I only started doing that uh, for video games this year. Before mm. that, I was um, I wasn't keeping a log of anything, but I was like, you know what? I should really start keeping track of every game that I play. So I'm going to do that going forward. Unfortunately, all of my games goes or all of my time goes to video games, and so I don't watch a ton of TV and movies or read books these days. But yeah. Um, oh, I still watch a ton of TV as well. Yeah, I watch a ton of TV and anime and movies. I mean, yeah, movies less so. Like the last week, I watched the which both of these shows just like shadow dropped on Netflix. The new season of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and then the new season of Transformers. Ah, I didn't. Yes. Is this the new new season, or is it a whole new show? Uh, this is it the first season, right? Transformers. So yeah, it's like the second season, but they so the first one was Siege. This one is Earthrise. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it was really good. I'm really. I was never like into Transformers that much when I was a kid, and then you know they made like the Michael Bay movies, but these, I guess, anime like ones are really good. Hmm. I'll check it out. Um. All right. So Matt did ask us a question in there. He said, "Yes." Um. <laughs> Are there any games that you love that are deeply flawed? Are there any important video games that have changed the way that you think about the world or storytelling or video games as a whole that are maybe not very good? So is there anything that you guys, any games you can think of that you personally love, but as a greater concept, like maybe it's not so good. Mm -hmm. What do you got? Star Fox Adventures. Yep. Uh, I'm right there with you. That, an old I, lo- I game. love Star Fox Adventures, but it is like unequivocally the most hated Star Fox game. Yeah, uh, I, I'm and, more. I'm in a boat with and you. I, with that I, one. I see why, but I like I was never part of that like 
conversation. Mm. I was I was uh, I grew up with the GameCube, so I never played Star Fox sixty four. So Star Fox Adventures was my first Star Fox, and so I didn't have that kind of preemptive notion of what I thought Star Fox should be. Uh, so I I loved it as a kid, and I still love going back to it now. Mm, yeah, I we used to play that together when we were younger. Do you think mm-hmm. people hate that game because it's not like any of the other Star Fox games, and they're not yeah. thinking about it as just the game that it is? They're like, this yeah. isn't and like Star of, Fox sixty four, so I hate it. Yes, and some of the more open minded, uh, you know, members of the community have acknowledged, like, yeah, this is a pretty decent video game. It's just not a good Star Fox game, and yeah. I can get behind that. But at that point, Star Fox sixty four and Star Fox for the Super Nintendo were the only two games. So I don't know if you can really define yeah, right? that at that point in a game series, you know? Yeah. Like, that, look at Paper Mario now, too. The first two Paper Mario games everyone loves, and they started branching out with Super Paper Mario, and now everyone has this idea of what they think a Paper Mario game should be. But it's like, no, this is just a concept, and Nintendo can do whatever they want within that space. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And so Star Fox is kind of the same way, and I like that they experimented. And the fact that the latter, the latter games in the series didn't land is a shame. But you know, hope maybe hopefully someday they they can go back and make something good. Mm. But you know, we don't necessarily need them to go and make a brand new shiny game because we can just go back and play the old games. Exactly. Tikan, what about you? Is there any like games that are kind of bad, but it has a special place in your heart? Also, League of Legends. Oh, <laughs> League of Legends is <laughs> just frustrating. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't know. I mean, I've definitely been excited for a lot of really trash games that when they come out, I realize that they're absolute trash, even though I buy them and still play them. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's anything like I still love or play that's. Anything that you, like, hold dear yeah. in your heart? Like, I don't know, Sonic the Hedgehog? But Sonic the Hedgehog's uh, an amazing game. Your See, brother okay. asked about a bad and flawed game. So. All right. Well, you're just proving to everyone that you just don't <laughs> recognize when a game is bad. <laughs> but, <laughs> just because you don't like Sonic doesn't mean it's a bad game. I don't know, man. Those games. I'm are... more with T-Con on this one. Yeah, Ooh, I know. You're, you've I always knew, been a Sonic fan. I knew Andrew was going to say that. I was waiting for the backup. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, it. I definitely, I, I, I am going to play Devil's Advocate a little bit, and that's because I, I see both sides. But I don't think that this, the original 2D Sonics are bad per se, Jeff. I just mm-hmm. think that they are a product of their time. Yes. And that that style of game has evolved since then. So going back to those games might not feel as good as going back to something like, say, Super Mario World, to bring that up again. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I can go back to those games and still absolutely love them. I will say a yeah, lot but, of the okay, newer but for Sonic you, games. But for you, Tikon, who played the Sonic games as a kid and are familiar oh, yeah, with it, yeah. would have an easier time than Jeff, who, had, who did not, you know? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, but Sonic Mania is really Sonic. fucking good. Yeah, Sonic Mania is great. I have. Heard a, I will good. say a lot of the new Sonic games aren't good. They just keep fucking yeah. it up. But mm. there are some that are really good. Like Sonic Adventure is up there as one of my favorite games. Of I think the earlier 3D Sonic games are pretty are pretty meh. Mm. Really, oh, Sonic Adventure, yeah. great. The second one, I, th- I think I they're still, good. I think the first one may be better. It's been a while since I've played the second one. Um, but my personal favorite is Sonic Heroes, so I, you know, oh, Sonic Heroes, that's was a, so good. I did, I love so Sonic good. Heroes, but that's a pretty unpopular opinion. 
Uh, All right, we're gonna we're gonna move that. away from Sonic the Hedgehog because you guys can just fucking go off and talk about that for the rest of the fucking night. Um, I'm gonna say my uh, a game that I think everyone kind of critically or agrees that isn't very good that I like Resident Evil Five. Okay. Uh, I had so much fun. A lot. I feel like a lot of the time it's a nostalgia thing. It's like this is what we had when we were kids, so we grew to like it, even though it might not be good. I played so much Resident Evil Five with my friends. Uh, when is it's because it's a two-player co-op game, so it's more about that co-op experience and going through and like the horrors of Resident Evil Four, yeah. Two, or Three. Um, it is a very different game. It's similar to the Star Fox thing. It's it's a different game, but it doesn't necessarily make it bad you just have to be looking at it through a different lens but yeah a lot of people fall into the trapping of well this isn't the same as the game i played before therefore it's bad and so people kind of have it's like i think who was it uh to quote a song lyric uh or like like weezer basically had this whole song about it uh where they you know for like a whole decade essentially they were making music that their fans hated uh and then they finally released an album that was more uh more close in resemblance to their original few albums um and then people liked it more uh and so it was kind of that but like with music artists too and now with video games i i don't really see it as like well like everyone just wants you to do the same thing but slightly differently tweaked every single time Mm. but i I'm like, well, peop- they're all creative artists. They want to do different things, so let them, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's I know. That's just the way the world works, and people suck. Yeah, I know. Um, all right. Thank you for the email, Matt. We really appreciate it. Okay. Let's talk about some news, and let's move right into some Resident Evil news while we're talking about it. The oh. Resident Evil movie, reboot movie, that they are making has wrapped its filming. That's really exciting. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. So it should be coming out in 2021. There isn't a ton of news here. It's just cool to know, like, hey, that's on the horizon. It stars, yeah. uh, it's going to be, I think, Claire, Jill, Chris, mm-hmm. Wesker, Leon. I think they're all in it. So it's like yep. all the big names of... William Birkin. William Birkin. He's in there. Oh, who's he? Is that a... William Birkin? He's the He's T. T, the doctor dude from two. Oh yes, okay. T virus. Yes, <laughs> my bad. I don't know if I he was as name. prominent of a figure, but I think yeah. I just didn't remember his name. I think he's the only in two. Yeah, yeah. He, okay. t- he is T. Yeah. You know, like I don't know who Wesker like, is. Like of the virus. Oh, you don't know Wesker? No, no, no. Okay, he comes along. I think he's the villain of the first game, and then he reappears. That's at, yeah. That's he, what I figured. He reappears I in one. five. So. So most of my knowledge of Resident Evil is from the previous movies because when I was deployed last time, I binged watched all of them in like a week. Um, I I've only watched like got, part of one of them. So the first one, not bad. As they go on, it just gets ridiculous, <laughs> like absolutely crazy, out of this world, way too much. Uh, so I hope that. This one's not. Yeah, I think they that. took into consideration on the fact that those became action movies over time, and I think they are going back more towards um, like horror. The horror roots. I think that's their plan for this movie. They said so. That'll be exciting. I hope so. That'll be awesome. Maybe uh, good... 
Good new Roberts horror movie. had previously said in a statement, I really wanted to go back to the original first two games and recreate the terrifying visceral experience I had when I first played them, whilst at the same time telling a grounded human story about a small dying American town that feels both relatable and relevant to today's audiences. That sounds good to me. On yeah. paper, yes. However, given the history of video game movies and Resident Evil adaptations in particular, uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Maybe, hopefully we can get go see this in theaters but it depends on how the world is mm. when it's released but that would be cool yeah maybe next we'll take year. matt with us i hope so that would be a fun time uh all right let's talk about a new game boy add-on that was discovered 28 years later so this thing was never officially released it's called the work boy and it's a keyboard that you plug into your game boy using the link cable basically the one uh-huh. you would use to trade and battle with friends and Pokemon. So you'd plug it in there. And then it's almost like a Palm Pilot where you can keep track of schedule, make a contact list, uh, have like a notebook. It's just such a weird, crazy thing. I, and I don't know why yeah. it, they didn't say why it never came out. But it's just like a cool lost the time peripheral that's part of the Game Boy. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine who would have bought it <laughs> uh, me neither maybe those i mean there you have the you know crazy super fan collectors who will get everything yeah but like i feel like back when the game boy is popular and obviously none of us were born uh when the game boy first came out and is its most popular um because what the game boy came out in the, Could not tell the you. late 80s right was it 89 for the game boy no idea <laughs> any guesses Game Boy release 90, date? 1991. 88. It was 89. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> so the year that you said? Nice. Yeah. Uh, it was Europe, it was 1990. Um, so, yeah. Like, it, as far as I know, it, was, it wasn't super popular with adults back then. There was, like, you see pictures of businessmen in Japan, uh, like, walking around with them or on transit with it. Um but like I can't imagine anyone hooking up a keyboard to their Game Boy. Yeah. Like I don't know what year Palm Pilots came out, but anyways, uh, it's a cool yeah. lost relic that yeah. it, like it exists and now it's gonna probably go in a video game museum somewhere, which will be really yeah. cool. It's just one fun when friends, stuff like this pops up. One of my friends growing up had a Game Boy camera. Oh really? It, yeah, I had never heard of it before he showed it to me. I and actually. So we- we took pictures of ourselves on the bus. <laughs> when I worked at Toy Vault, we had a Game Boy camera come in, and I was taking pictures uh, with one of my buddies, one of my friends, Zach, who worked there with me at the time. Uh, it was real fun. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the most pixelated blob of an image, but it's it's pretty yeah. Great. It's just like one of those like gaming peripherals that has like almost zero practical use, but it's just Nintendo was just like, yeah, ship it. Why not? Yeah, someone will buy it. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, all right, Andrew, you you ran into my office the other day, and you're like, dude, yes, I did. did you see this? Phys- physically ran. Uh, they are making... Oh, I wish Derek was here for this. Actually, we're going to do this one last, just in case Derek pops in, because I want to see if he knows about it and what oh. he has to say about it. Uh, Everyone so. will now feel the suspense. So, uh, we'll move on to a different piece of news for now. Minecraft Earth, which, Andrew, you didn't even know this existed. <laughs> That's correct. When I saw this story, I said, what is that? Uh, Minecraft Earth <laughs> is shutting down in June. Tikan, do you know what Minecraft Earth is? It's like 
Pokemon Go, but Minecraft, right? Yeah, it's through uh, augmented reality. Mm-hmm. It was yep, a Minecraft AR game for your phone, and they it came out. Oh, fudge, when did it come out? It hasn't been out very long. It came out last year, uh, like I think. Last last year, I would say, yeah. right? Uh, it's getting shut down on June thirtieth. Uh, they said that obviously the pandemic kind of made it so people couldn't go out and play. It was one of those games where you're supposed to go out into the world and roam around and do stuff and build structures with your phone in VR or AR. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as I can tell, not a lot of people played it. And also a lot of people said it wasn't very good. The few I couldn't imagine. Did. I never also, played it. So I found the release date. It came out in October of 2019. Oh, wow. Which... So- if you think about the timeline and how that was a few months out of total lockdown, it's not yeah. exactly the best time for an outdoor focused AR game to come out. Yeah. Um, so I can't imagine many people played it, especially I had never heard of it. For sure. So I can't imagine a lot of other people really did. And plus, it's so hard to do Pokemon Go without Pokemon and have it work. Yeah. So. That, that was something I wanted to bring up with you guys is was Pokemon Go like a one hit wonder because there's been the Hogwarts game there's been the Ghostbusters game there's been several different kinds of there's AR there's a Jurassic Park one yeah there's so many kinds of AR Harry, did you say the Harry Potter one yeah uh, there's so many AR phone games and the only one that got rem- like, well Pokemon Go got very successful nothing has even come close it's still very successful yeah nothing has even come close to that so i want to say pokemon go made 192 billion dollars last year yeah it's insane it's still making billions of dollars a year one 1.92 billion dollars yeah it's fucking insane but so do you think that this is like we're not going to see any other successful AR games if harry potter and minecraft couldn't do it i can't imagine two of the other possibly largest franchises on the planet yeah 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 i don't think so i think pokemon is just too popular and it kind of hit the ground running with with pokemon go and then it took everyone else a couple of years to kind of figure out how to make their own versions work and by then everyone was already invested in pokemon go okay so i thought of one all right hear me out Mm -hmm. fortnite no ar All of your friends download the app on your phone nope. and you go somewhere, Corey. Uh, Tyler, I'm picturing like the woods behind Corey's house when we were growing up. <laughs> and you take out your phones and it just scatters weapons and stuff everywhere and you have to run and pick it up and then aim at your friends and, and kill them and then the last one standing wins. I would attempt it, yes. Right? Doesn't that sound really fun? I don't think they would do it though. But You can just play Fortnite on your phone instead. Uh, not on your iPhone. <laughs> um, uh, true. I don't know. I feel like that a game like see it'd have to be something so radically different from just walk around and collect things for an yeah. AR game to work. Because yeah, everyone put all their time into Pokemon Go. You're not going to get them to come in if clearly to any of the other big IPs. They've all tried. So um, yeah, I don't know. I think just the novelty of like walking around and catching Pokemon is just so different than yeah. any other video game plus a lot of the base of that exodus of the 2016 pokemon go summer was like old millennial 
Pokemon Go or Pokemon fans, not necessarily fans, but people who hadn't played Pokemon since Red and Blue, who knew the first one of 50. And because that was the only available Pokemon uh, at the time, then that was the immediate connection for those people. Mm. Uh, whereas, like, with something like Fortnite, it's like, I feel like it'd probably be something kids try and then just go back to playing regular Fortnite. Yeah, I don't know. It, it would Plus be an with interesting the experiment. Yeah, that would be like obviously post pan like you don't release you don't yeah, release yeah. any AR game during a pandemic. Um, yeah, that would be so, a bad move. I think if anyone was developing one, it's on hold or like they straight up canceled it because yeah, it just doesn't work. And I wouldn't be surprised if that is just kind of the end of phone AR games like this where people at least new ones. Yeah, they're like okay, all of these other ones failed. No one's gonna want to get into a new one. We're not gonna waste them time and money. So. Yeah. Um Ripperoni AR phone games. Yeah. Pokemon Go is still kicking. Uh, it's still super popular. All right. So, uh <laughs> uh Modder has discovered that all of the NPCs in Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild are enhanced high-res mies. <laughs> which is amazing yeah so basically what it does is it it takes like so you know how when you went to go make a me there was all these preset uh features like a certain amount of eyes a certain amount of eyebrows a certain facial, amount of eyes huh a certain amount of uh like you know mouths noses of different shapes yes. and sizes uh skin tone hairstyle stuff like that so yeah, yeah. they made one-to-one by the way, still a better character customizer than Cyberpunk. <laughs> they made a one-to-one, uh, like, not comparison, uh, like, duplicate in Breath of the Wild. So I don't know if you guys have the link that I uh, is in the the notes. Uh, there's four examples. One of them is Barrett from uh, Smash, the me that they made uh, when they released Sephiroth. One is Matt from Wii Sports. One is the standard me Gunner from smash and then one is just the person um that well did some of the hacking or the the modding and it's it's crazy if you like look if you look at the barrett one it's got that same exact hairstyle it's got the same eyebrows at the same angles it's got the same style of eye it's got yeah. the goatee and the rounded it's it's funny it is so yeah. cool and i wish this was something that we had access to like i could put my me and have it be a Breath of the Wild character. Yeah, or like just replace Mies with Breath of the Wild characters oh, yeah. entirely. <laughs> yeah, just remove Mies and just give us this system. That would be really yeah. cool. It uh, would be cool, but they'll never do it. They'll never do it. And that's the annoying thing. Is like, there's so much potential here. Yeah. Oh, man, it is game. pretty nuts also to think about just the fact that Nintendo is utilizing their own infrastructure like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And like super secretly, like Breath of the Wild is just secret, super advanced technology, but like in a Nintendo sort of way. Yeah, this is such a Nintendo thing where it's like, yeah, we just kind of took this really old clunky thing that we have and incorporated it into one of our best video games ever. (laughs) And no one knew for three years. (laughs) Close to four now. Oh, wow. Yeah. In March, it'll be four, huh? Mm -hmm. Dang. That's crazy. I mean, it's pretty ingenious and 
makes character customization for the game a lot easier. Yeah, and so do you remember that theory a while back about that one character in Breath of the Wild who looked strangely like Iwata? Yeah. And now people are thinking that it's literally just Iwata's me. That would make app. Yeah, that would make a ton of sense. They just throw yeah. it in there, oh, man. Which is, is such a cool nod that like Iwata is just literally in Breath of the Wild, like less so than modeling a character out of him. It's like they modeled a character after a model of his character, right? <laughs> so it's like almost like he's even more injected in, which is a really cool nod to Iwata. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. I I wish there was a way for us to interact with this in some fashion, but it's just never gonna happen. Rip. Yeah, I mean, maybe modders will uh get to a point where they can kind of rip rip the code and make every it all accessible to everybody until Nintendo ultimately shuts it down. <laughs> yeah, that's the only problem is if anyone takes it and uploads it, it's just game over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Derek didn't make it yet, so we're just gonna get right into this last piece of news. They're making a Slay the Spire tabletop game, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Did you ever end up playing Slay the Spire, TCOM? I did, yeah. I never slayed the Spire, but I did play. Yeah. So there aren't a ton of details about it. They, they're they going to have a Kickstarter. Uh, you can sign up to get notifications when the Kickstarter goes live, and they have more information about it. Uh, the campaign is going to launch sometime this spring. And uh, it's a cooperative deck building adventure. Craft a unique deck, encounter bizarre creatures, discover relics of immense power, and finally become the strong, become strong enough to slay the spire. Uh, so it sounds like it's gonna be yeah. And they said it's cooperative, which is really cool. Um, I love cooperative games, and if you just take slay the spire and turn it into a cooperative tabletop game, there's no, no way that's gonna be bad, you know. Right. Oh, I'm, we love tabletop games. We love Slay the Spire. Yeah, it's a it's a win across the board, and I'm 100% buying it instantly. I'm very, very excited. Are either yeah. of you going to get it? Um, No, but I'm going to play it with you once the, once the pandemic stops. We're going to play it at lunch at work. That's true. That is a thing we can do. Mm. Where, though? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. We'll figure it out. It's possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeff, yeah, Jeff just moved his office, so now we can't play Smash in his office yeah it's, oh, that sucks yeah it's sad that's okay we're we're relocating our our main workspace entire uh department yeah it's gonna be pretty crazy all right that's all i have for news <laughs> so we haven't really yep. talked about what we've been playing for several weeks so i i actually do quickly want to bring up the fact that recently we had been talking about uh microsoft buying studios and the possibility of like hey wouldn't it be great if microsoft bought nintendo oh yeah well, apparently 20 years ago they tried and nintendo just laughed in their face yeah <laughs> <laughs> not surprising but it's Which, really funny yeah. for that to be like a legit story <laughs> yeah especially given you know some of their uh happening happenings as of late mm, for um, sure so possibly even more of a pipe dream than I imagined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told you and Derek you were crazy when you guys were like, yeah, I'd go to see a world where that happens. I was like, you guys are idiots. I don't know if I said that I thought it was at all likely, but I would really like it to happen. Yeah. Because I think combining Microsoft's PR with Nintendo's IP is like a dream, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. it would be cool, but not going to happen. Yeah. All right. Play anything interesting, new, put a lot any more time into something you've been playing? What's going on, guys? How we doing? 
Uh, I've been playing a lot of Yakuza. Yeah, the Demon Souls. You were saying you took a bit of a break from Yakuza, but now you've gotten back into it. I did. How's uh, that? It was more mostly because I think what because I played Yakuza for like a week straight, but mm-hmm. what you know, when, in preparation for Game of the Year stuff, and then I just stopped. I think I was playing. I started playing Assassin's Creed instead. I was playing Assassin's Creed Revelations a lot, and I finished that. Nice. Um. So episode on a bonus episode for that possibly coming soon hmm. it, it all depends on when i can get derek to sit down with me <laughs> uh but then i played a lot more demon souls how is it uh, oh, dude so much fun i fucking love demon souls it's like you just get lost in it and it's i think it's it's much more formulaic than dark souls is because the worlds are segmented like there are five worlds and then there's like three levels with within those worlds so it's like a one 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 two two one two one two three stuff like that um and so the way i believe that it was recommended to me to go through them is to go do one one and then one and then two one and then three one and then four one and so on and then go to two two and then like finish out each world kind of and uh it's basically to help scale the levels in sequence of their actual difficulty because they ramp up in certain places very weirdly. For example, in the fourth world, I found a really good grinding spot. But like once you go to the fifth world, uh, like the enemies don't give you any souls whatsoever. Uh, so it's it's pretty. It was pretty weird to find that the enemies in the fourth world were giving me like hundreds of souls for beating them, and then going to the fifth world and getting like thirteen. Hmm. Uh, but it's it's also one of those situations where it's like the early parts of the game are very difficult, but then as soon as like the more you play, the easier it gets because you're putting uh, stats into your um, your attributes, and then you're getting better weapons and upgrading those weapons. And uh, and I did I did do a bit of grinding, so I bought a shit ton of like healing and stuff. And but the game loop is just so satisfying going around and and like finding all the secrets and you know beating all the enemies and uh and like every time i die it's only bullshit sometimes cool. uh but yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to playing the rest of it it's just taking a while yeah because like just the act of getting through a particular level will take like you know hours on its own and then the, getting to the boss takes another couple hours sometimes the last couple of bosses i've beaten on the first try uh but that's solid. It's yeah. It sounds like yeah. a real trial and error kind of game. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Except, I mean, sometimes I've just had to turn the game off completely because the game won't let you play it unless you're connected to the internet. And while you're connected okay. to the oh, internet, yeah, other people can come invade your world and kill you, which oh, happens sometimes. So like, like, I I'll just be playing and running through a level, and some dude will invade my world, and I'm like, all right, fuck you, I'm, and I turn my game off, so that that guy disconnects <laughs> from my world. And then I'll I'll log back in, play around for ten more minutes, and then the the same dude will come into my world, and I'm like, well, fuck you, and then I turn my game off again, and I'm like, I guess I'm not playing Demon Souls right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah that would drive me insane. It sucks that there's yeah. not a way to opt out of that. It is driving me insane because I just want to like you know sit and play for like hours at a time, but I can't because some dude who clearly plays this game way too much is gonna come and like fuck me in the ass. He's just <laughs> you he's know? just popping around different people's 
worlds just sniping them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I was explaining this a little bit to Jeff too. And then there's like this concept that's unique to Dark Souls called world tendency, um, where it's like based on the actions that your character does, it your world state will align more towards black world tendency or white world tendency, which is like good evil, you know. Um, and so based on your world tendency, you will get different items to drop from enemies and like different like secrets will be available to you or whatever. There's like different things that they do based on your world tendency. And one of the ways to get the black world tendency is to go and invade other worlds. So I'm just like, okay, that's just something I'll never do then. You know, I don't care about fucking up other people's worlds if it means that uh, that I'll get like an extra item or something, you know? Yeah. So I understand why they're doing it, but it's just really annoying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it would be cool if that's something you could opt out of and just like, I want to play this game by myself. Leave me yeah. alone. But, and uh, like, I haven't done the, I haven't done any research into seeing if I can opt out of it yet, but it's like the, when you're loading up the game, it says like, please don't disconnect your system from, from the server. And I'm like, okay, I guess <laughs> until you do. Yeah, it's like, I guess I won't. And it's like, if you log in, like, my apartment has awful internet. So when I log into my PS5, uh, sometimes it'll disconnect from the internet. So I'll load up Demon's Souls and they'll say, we noticed you're disconnected from the server. And then it kicks me to the title screen. That's annoying. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, so I'm just straight up not allowed to play your game unless there's the possibility of people invading my world. No, thank you. Yeah, that's uh, really annoying. Yeah. But otherwise, it's a really fucking good video game. Cool. And then I, uh, yeah, the last couple of days I've gotten back into Yakuza a lot. Uh, it, I almost quit it because I ran into a really hard boss or a couple of bosses. It's like you, you fight one boss and then you like get a room to heal and then there's another boss and both of those bosses are bullshit. So <laughs> uh, it took me a few tries for each of them, but I, I did end up moving past them. Uh, and uh, you were telling me to grind, Jeff, mm -hmm. but it's pretty impossible to grind in that game because the enemies don't give you any EXP or money. Mm. Like, it's so little. Like, you have to... I would... Like, I actually grinded for an hour and I barely went up half of my experience bar. Wow, that sucks. Yeah, it does suck. Usually, so... usually in JBRPGs, there's, like, specific spots you have to go to. It's, like, always, like, one or two enemies. And, like, oh, these enemies just happen to give you a shit ton of EXP. So you just got to yeah, find where no. they are. And I, like, I googled ways to up my EXP. And one of the ways that it suggested was you can, uh, similar to other games, make meals that enhance certain attributes in battle or give you more EXP. So... If you go to restaurants, you can make different meal combinations that will boost your EXP. However, the ones that do only do it for one battle, and it's only times 1.2. So I'd have to go like order a meal combination at a restaurant and then go to like a boss, which is, would be the only worthwhile source of experience. Yeah. And, like, somehow not run into any enemies in between then. And so, it, yeah. And then the other ways were, like, find this one certain specific enemy. And there's a few other ways, but it all seemed, like, too complicated for me to just do really easily. Yeah, that um, sounds... So there are some JRPGs where it, it's structured in a way where they don't want you to grind and over-level. It's like, we've set up the mm. game in such a way where you should be at the right level at every step of the game. And... The, 
when you fight a boss, it's the exact challenge we want it to be. And it sounds like kind of like that's what they're doing here. Yeah, the problem, I guess, with those two bosses was that, like, not necessarily the, like, overall difficulty, but they both just have, like, one move that's way too powerful for, for like, that point in the game. And, like, they have, um, like, one of the bosses, his speed stat was so high that sometimes he would move twice before like some of my party members went again oh wow uh and one of his abilities was he would just take out a gun and like fire like eight shots at you and that would do like 90 percent of one of my character's health bars and so sometimes he would just do that twice in a row on like ichiban and this is one of those jrpgs where if your main character dies you get a game over and your party members can't revive them which by the way i think is a bullshit mechanic and should be removed from all <laughs> games yeah <laughs> It's stupid. Uh, and so sometimes I would just like be doing fine and then in one turn get a game over. And I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, but eventually I did beat him. And since then, uh, the next couple of bosses gave me so much e-experience experience <laughs> that I went up five levels from like Jeez. those two fights. So the game is just structured weird i think but overall mm. like i'm i'm back in it nice i'm i'm enjoying it again the story's going places i just got uh another party member which Ooh. is fucking real cool that's exciting um, yeah it's very exciting hmm. so i'm excited for you to get further in it jeff yeah but i i bet that won't be for a while yeah it won't be for a little while because i'm i've been spending all of my time playing persona 5 i've fully committed to it now that we're done with game of the year stuff and I I can't stop thinking about this game. It's It pops up in my head. I'm always listening to the music from this game. I'm always plotting about how I want to spend my days. And the way I'm emotionally invested in all of these characters, uh, I, I feel actively bad when two characters ask me to hang out on the same day and I have to... Oh my God, I have, it's the worst. I have to not hang out with one of them. It's like, oh, I feel bad. I feel, yeah. Uh, I think... This might be my second favorite game ever. Wow. Yeah. It's I'm, oh, shit. I've fallen very hard in love with this game. So right after Final Fantasy VII? Yes. Damn. And, and like, I don't know. We'll see where it takes me. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it can go higher. I don't know. I've heard. I haven't played Royal all the way through myself, but I've heard that like the ending for Royal is different than the ending in regular Persona 5. Mm -hmm. And that the whatever they do for the Royal ending is like nuts and it's like one of the best endings okay. ever so yeah that's what I'm, I'm i'm specifically looking forward to that whenever i get around to it yeah i don't i i was listening to a podcast and they started talking about it vaguely uh about the ending and i was trying to like not pay attention but paid attention a little because i'm curious to hear what they say and they said something that very much interests me and i'm looking forward to seeing where it goes and okay. I, I don't know if it's a royal specific thing Tigon, you never plan on playing this game, do you? Probably not. Uh, so they said that Akechi is Kylo Ren done right. And I'm just oh, like... Oh, yes. I did hear that podcast. Yeah, that was on Kind of Funny. Uh, so yeah, I was just yeah. like, interesting. So that made me really excited. Uh, I'm just finally starting to build a relationship with Akechi. So I'm excited to see where that goes. But yeah, I'm... Yeah, I'm that was one of the things that Royal Nailed is uh, actually making the relationship with Akechi worthwhile and meaningful cool because in persona he's kind of just there oh really in and, yeah in, in the original persona 5 he's he's just there and like his his confidant levels go up 
you know, sequentially with the story. Mm -hmm. But in this game, in Royal, it seems you can actually spend time with him. Yeah, you can like uh, choose really and cool. go hang out with him. He likes to hang out where uh, the place where you play darts. Yes, the darts thing is new. There were no darts in Persona Five. Well, well, that's fun. Yeah, I was. There's like... a lot of. There's so much new stuff in Royal. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It, when did the first one come out? 2017. 2017. Oh, okay. Um. So yeah, that's basically that. And I've been playing Resident Evil Four finally. So nice. we'll be able to talk about that in a couple weeks. Um. But yeah, what about you, Tigan? What have you been playing? I've been playing a ton of Escape from Tarkov. Like huh. almost every night this week, I've been up till two a.m. playing it. Wow. Uh. So. Yeah. So what exactly is it? I have a vague idea of what it is. <laughs> I know okay. it's like a battle royale, right? Uh, uh. On a much smaller scale, like so, you can either start as a PMC, which is player-made character, or you can start as a scav, which is a scavenger. Scavenger, you start with random loot, random health, um, everything, and if you extract, like, that's it. That stuff can go in your stash, so it's like free loot. What does extract mean? So, you have to extract from the map. So, you start at a random spot on the map, and there's like five or six different maps right now with like another five or six on the way because it's still in beta. Um, so you start at a random spot in the map. You don't have a map of the area. Like you have to buy one or there's like a website that we use. Um, that's actually a really good map. Um, and you don't get like a compass. You have to end up like leveling up and buying a compass and stuff. But the I- idea is to get to one of the certain extraction points that it gives you. And it's different every time. And each extraction point is different. Like there's, we play on this one map called shoreline almost all the time. Uh, we know it real well now. So there's one called rock passage. It's only open certain times. So you might spawn in one game and it's open, but then you might spawn in another game and you go there and it's not. So you can't use that one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one that's the pier. So you have, 20 minutes to get, I think it's like 20 or 25 minutes to get to it. If you don't get to it, then the boat's gone. You can't extract. Um, so, and then if you die, you lose everything that you have on you. That's it. So as a scav, it's not that bad just cause like it was random free loot that you got. But as you like your player made character, depending on what you bring, that could be huge. Like I have lost most of all of my good things at this point from dying uh you can insure your stuff so like one of the there's a bunch of like shops like dealers or whatever and you can insure with uh, two of them for now and um they'll send guys to like go get your stuff but only if other players didn't take it so like i just lost my suppressed m4 that had a really nice sight on it and i was really upset um so i'm not getting that back because i already got told that all of my stuff uh, on that life was taken. So, so what's the overall point of the game? Is do you, do you win rounds, or are you just going in and then trying to get out? Going Is in, it- trying to get kills, trying to get loot because there's different like weapon boxes. There's you can find keys to different locked rooms across the map that has like weapons, armor. Uh, better weapon mods so is it like um, day z is it like survival yeah kind of okay. but you're not like 
building a base or whatever. You're just like going in and playing like a survival match. Um, but okay. multiple, and, like multiple people and teams can survive, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's huh. yeah. It's not like only like one person or one team can survive. You can have multiple people extract uh, and multiple teams extract at different places. Um, Interesting. I don't know. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I feel it's, like yeah, it's something you have to play to really get a grasp. But the way you're explaining it, my thought my thoughts are, okay, why why play if I'm gonna risk losing all my good stuff? If I just don't play, I'll have that good stuff forever. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. It's just it's so satisfying getting kills because it's hard. There's no hit markers. You can't. So you like you don't even know if you killed somebody until you go up to their dead body and like loot their stuff. Can, can people play dead? I mean, you can, but it's like kind of obvious. Um, earlier, I, I was really sweating because I got into a firefight. I managed to get away because another guy came up and they got into a firefight. So I left so I could go heal. And then I was real close to where I had to extract, but there was a guy walking down the road. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Started shooting at him. He shot my leg. So my leg went down to zero. So then I couldn't, I didn't have. There's, I think there's only one thing that can bring like uh, a limb that's been brought down to zero back, and it's like a combat surgical kit. I didn't have one on me, so then I couldn't run like at all. So you're just hobbling, and like your guy is like huffing and wheezing and stuff, which makes it so other people can hear that. And it was just very, very stressful because I had a lot of stuff on me that I just wanted to get out, but I ended up making it. But um, so like, if you to... get, sorry, go ahead. If you like. Uh, if you get like shot really bad in the arms, then you can't aim down the sights as fast. Um, you can't hold the aim down as long. The recoil will be a lot worse. Like I said, if you get shot in the legs real bad, like you can't run. Um, you have to drink, you have to eat food. If you don't, you start to get like dehydrated and dizzy and like the screen will start to get blurry. Um, yeah, this sounds a lot like Daisy. Yeah, it's mm. it's really in depth, but it's a lot of fun. I'll and have it's to... very satisfying, but it's also excruciatingly painful when you die. And Derek. And Derek. And Derek. <laughs> Hi, Derek. Hello. Oh, Derek you, you, muted himself. Uh, I'll, okay. You'll have to stream Goodbye, yourself. Derek. Derek yet. You'll have to stream yourself playing Tarkov Tikon so I can see it and get a like a better grasp of what yeah. you guys are doing. It's, oh it yeah, basically, I definitely can. It basically sounds like Daisy, but with a goal. Which yeah, sounds and cool. it's, it's not like you're setting up a camp and stuff. It's just you're dropping into this map and you're trying to get kills, get loot, and get out. Yeah, it sounds like a like um, PUBG without a winner. Yeah, and it's only beta, and it looks a hundred times better than PUBG ever mm. did. And I think it plays a lot better than PUBG. It's not really buggy or anything. Um, it's, I don't know. I I think about it all the time. Uh, I'm in I would the, imagine if you're playing every night till 2 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the gun building is incredible. It's super in-depth. And I'm a very big fan of guns and shooting. have a few of my own. Hmm. Um, and, like, I'm... I'm in the process of building like three different guns on top of all the guns that I get from like looting and whatnot. Um, I don't know. It's just so much fun. There's so much you can do 
there's so much customizable custom customizability i don't know customization that customization perhaps? yeah sure um yeah there's so much customization to like everything your gear your weapons um i don't know it's it's a lot of fun uh it's very stressful but it's also very rewarding so have you played anything else or is that the only thing that's you've been playing uh, that's 90% of what I've been playing. Uh, I got back into Minecraft again because uh, my cousin started a new server, so we all got like super into that. I also um, played some Minecraft recently. Oh, nice. We play Feed the Beast. Uh, or we are now. I uh, wish before I... Before we were playing Vanilla. I've always wanted to play Feed the Beast. Oh, it's so much fun. There's so Vanilla, much Vanilla just keeps adding, like, like with the consistent updates that they're doing and the, how it seems like the big sweeping changes of updates, like how they're, like, like re, kind of like League of Legends is doing, like, very fundamental updates to their core systems. Minecraft is doing the same thing with, like, they're doing cave updates where they completely redesign <laughs> how cave generation works and, like, add a whole bunch of new terrain and mobs and items and, like, make it way... You know, oh, I can't wait for the new caves and cliffs the, updates. Yeah, the new caves the, look sick. Uh, they did the, the same Nether thing with update the Nether. Was amazing. Yeah, and so that's the other thing is like I've seen a bunch of stuff about the Nether, but like I haven't actually experienced it because I was the world I was on before I made before that update came out, so I wasn't getting any of the new terrain generation. Oh, uh, okay. And so my friend and I wanted to play uh, on a land world, um, which mm-hmm. we can't do right now. Because uh, like the version that we would ha- be forced to use is the Bedrock version, which is like the crossplay version. Um, oh, okay, yeah, we play on, we play Java. Yeah, I I prefer to play Java 100% of the time, but uh, we can't oh. do that over the internet. And the Feed the Beast one. Oh, well, I mean, we can't do like we can't do like a stuff, private yeah. survival world over the True. internet. True, you, you'd have to do. you'd have to pay for servers, and that's yeah. what my cousin does. Which I'm not doing that. Um, so. and it's cool because the mod pack that we use uses the um the newest update too, the Nether update, which oh, okay. most of the mod packs don't. So it's been really cool. Yeah, I, but, I really uh, like. I want to get into it really bad. I did start up one world. I started up a world and I played it on it for a couple of hours, but then I realized that it was a single biome world that I set it to by mistake. And didn't really realize. I was like, when are these planes going to end? And they never <laughs> did. Uh, so. Yeah. But other than that, that's that's really it. Tarkov has really kind of taken taken over. I like keep going, ah, I should play some more uh, Ghost of Tsushima or whatever. And then I'm like, yes. then no, I need Tarkov. to finally get to level 10. And I'm so close to level 10. Like, I almost got it. Right before we started this, um, I think one more good game, and I'll finally have it. Because the leveling is a little slow, I will say. Derek, you there? Always have been. Oh, I hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, Derek. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We definitely didn't just wait a half hour for you after you said you were ready. (laughs) I think that was a good... 30 seconds after I get ice cream. Yeah, I think that was a good hour almost, since my original... Like uh, almost done text. Yeah, it's it's been a while. Um, all right, 
So we're going to rapid fire some things for you real quick and get you caught up. Matt sent us an email and it was about some game of the year stuff, but he had one big question after the whole gist of the podcast. He wanted to know, are there any games that you love that are deeply flawed? Are there any important video games that have changed the way you think about the world storytelling video or video games as a whole that may not be very good? Uh, Wow. Are there any games a, that are bad that you like? Are there any games that are bad that I like? Yeah. Um, you you should have just texted me this like an hour ago. I would have had an hour to think about it. I should have, but I didn't. If you don't have anything, uh, we thought your head, that it was okay. going to be like maybe ten minutes to think about it, but you know. <laughs> I, I will say, I guess um, uh, there's like a game from my childhood that I don't think is technically very good that for some reason I really liked. Um, and it's the video game version of the Italian job movie. I think you might have brought this up before <laughs> with, with Dante. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I brought it up before. <laughs> uh, it, it's not even that bad. It has a 73% on Metacritic. So um, I know, I know there's more out there that like, I know are bad games that I kind of like, I just can't think of them at the moment. Cause I don't know that they're, bad games um but yeah i mean i'm sure there's so many games i played as a kid that like any licensed game i guess that you liked was probably bad um shrek 2 uh baby i had this game for the gamecube it was like it was like mario party but nickelodeon characters and i think it was like only mini mini games and my sister and i would play it all the time it was like one of our favorite games oh yeah i had a spongebob one I'm pretty sure it was a really terrible game, <laughs> uh, but I can't I can't think of any in recent years that like I was like oh people didn't like that game. Playing is a little. I really liked it. Yeah, I have yeah. the opposite where there's games that people really like that I don't like, but I feel like that's more common. Mm. Um, all right, yeah. there's one piece of news that I was waiting for you for, but uh, you didn't show up in time. Uh, did you know that they are making a Slay the Spire tabletop game? I I just saw something about that earlier. That's pretty cool. Is yeah. it a card game? It's a card game. It's a co-op <laughs> deck builder. That's awesome. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to all play it together. We're, we're definitely I, gonna have to yes. get that. I love Slay the Spire. Um. All right, and then that's just gonna lead us right into what have you been playing lately? Andrew's been uh, playing Demon Souls and Yakuza. Tikon's been playing Tarkov, and I've been playing Persona Five. So my list is also, I think, pretty short. Um. I finished up Ori. I think that was a big one. Cool. Uh, what do you think? Nice. Oof. Uh, I don't know if we have time to discuss <laughs> my opinion on Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Okay. <laughs> we might bring it up later. Okay. Uh, well, I, I'll make my I'll make my points then if there's okay. a small discussion. Um, so yeah. So uh, I did like it. I did like it. I will okay. say that. But you don't like it as much as Hollow Knight. I don't like it as much as Hollow Knight. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I kind of vented to Dante a little bit uh, the other the other day when we were playing. Uh, we started playing Transport Tycoon Deluxe again. Oh gosh. Uh, it's just a fun little. I think kind of like you just chatting away with your buddy and and like talking about the stupid stuff you're doing in the stupid game and making yeah, some we, trains. You know. We. We went on to play for like an hour, and then we were up until almost two in the morning playing. So, <laughs> uh, and then I so I decided since we're basically done with game of the year, I can now play what I want. Uh, 
Exactly. So, yeah, what are you playing? I went through and made like a list of like every game that I started within the past two or three months and kind of like ordered them in the order I want to play them. So first up is I'm going to finish Valhalla. Solid. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I just, I, I, I like it a lot. Um, so have you just been putting all of your time into that? You're just going to hard focus that one game before yeah. you do Yeah, that's what I, I'm doing I, with Persona. I probably will hard focus that and then also probably play uh, Tarkov a lot. Yeah, Tikon went on like a 10 minute tangent about how much he loves Tarkov. Oh, you have been playing? I haven't seen you on. I only play. I've only played. I played like what? Maybe I played one raid today, and I I did a uh, raid like the first night I downloaded it. Um, with I did I did a scav run, and then I did a run with my my character. Uh, and in the scav run, I couldn't find a uh, uh an extraction point, <laughs> so I just ended like the run <laughs> just ran out. Ah, <laughs> oh, that sucks. But then so then I was like, all right, I got it. Like I like. Found, I pulled up maps on my phone. I'm like, all right, here's all the, you know, uh, here's like the map. I did customs. Um, it's like, all right, if I spawn here, then like the extraction points are over there. I also couldn't figure out the, I, you have to press O twice to get like the timers up. Uh, yeah, to see uh, what your extraction points are. I just posted yeah. uh, a really good website oh. for maps, by the way. Nice. That'll have to go on my, my other screen while i'm playing <laughs> uh yeah it's it's so much fun uh even by yourself uh i was playing so i was playing today uh first decided to go in with my my character um just went in with like some crap that i don't know you just start with uh and i like got like two kills on scavs like random ai scavs and then i was like running to like I was a bit like, oh yeah, the gas station. I know that's a, a extraction point for the start place I started at. Like I, I'm heading there. I was almost there, and I started getting shot at by this guy. And I like didn't know where I, I like like it. You, it's like realistic. So like your vision, your vision's getting blurred. Like my leg. I think I got shot in the leg, so I started like limping. And I was like, oh god, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna make it. And then I died. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I was like, I don't, I didn't, feel, I wasn't mad. I was just like, wow, like that was so exhilarating. That like ten seconds where I'm like trying to like run away from this guy who's shooting at me. I even like thought I lost him, and then like he started shooting at me again. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah, uh, Escape from Tarkov has like quickly become one of the most popular games. It's the, currently the number three streamed game on Twitch. I don't know why. It so like went on sale for Rust Christmas right or whatever, and oh, just so playing. many people all of a sudden. Yeah, I I had watched some stream some people streaming it in the past, and like had gotten inter- interested in it, but just like thought maybe it was like too much of a learning curve to try to get in on my own, and yeah. Just Tegan talking about it, I made the leap, and I'm very happy I did. I'm definitely going to play well, it a lot. Now it sounds like I'm going to have to try it if the two of you are playing it all the time. Oh, God, <laughs> so much fun, yeah. We'll see, we'll see, maybe. I don't know, I can't stop playing Persona, so. I I like when I can play, I can feel, like, not terrible about playing a game like this alone, because then mm. I can just cater my play style to how I am alone, instead of, like, being forced to be grouped in with four other random people and not knowing how they're going to do anything. Like if I could play a squad based VR alone, I totally would. 
because then I don't have to worry about anyone else. But like yeah, the right. fact that yeah, so the fact that I can just play this alone and tailor my play style around the fact that I'm by myself and it definitely like fits thematically into the game's like style of play. Uh, it's really cool. I can't wait to like dive in. Uh, I did hear you, Tikon, talking about like how the customization on guns is like super super cool. That's gonna be like a whole thing I'm gonna have to dive into. Oh yeah, and then once you hit like a certain level, uh, it expands even more with the modifications mm-hmm. on the guns. Yeah, you right. Should try uh, factory or woods. They're the two worst maps ever. So. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, there's tons of maps, right? I yeah. Yeah, I, a lot aren't out yet, but there's still a decent amount that are. I'm excited to play this game more. Hmm. Cool. So is that it? Just Assassin's Creed and Tarkov? Yeah. Yep. Solid. All right. Well, we had already taken a break while we were waiting for Derek to join us. So let's boys get right into let's boys 2020. There's a comma there. The, the 2020 Sharkies. This is our game of the year award show. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. So we're going to we're going to start at the bottom because that's what you do at award shows. You don't start with the big one. Mm-hmm. We're going to save game of the year for last. So. We're going to go best use of shark. So I think uh, what I'll do is I'll announce the winner. I'll announce the winner of the fan votes. And thank you, everyone who voted. I was surprised at the amount of people that we actually got to vote. So that was really cool to see you guys uh, putting your opinions out there for us to share. So uh, so I'll do yeah the overall winner, the fan vote, and then each of our number ones. So best use of shark. The winner is Maneater. Wow, who would have got who would have thought? <laughs> the fan vote went to Animal Crossing New Horizon. Garbage. Uh, uh my vote went to Animal New uh Animal Crossing. Andrew and Tcon voted for Maneater and Derek voted for Crash Bandicoot. Okay. I so, didn't yeah. even play any Derek, of those. Uh, explain yourself. <laughs> uh, I voted for it because you talked about how bad Maneater was. So I felt like it was okay. probably the worst use of a shark, even though the game is about being a shark. So, and I thought that we made this abundantly clear when dis- when describing this category. It wasn't about the, the, the game. The category itself. is not how good the game is. <laughs> the game, the, it is the way in which the shark was used was yeah. implemented. Yeah, so and I think they did in it badly. this situation, <laughs> Maneater is the objective right answer. There is no other answer, you clowns. Uh, that's just your opinion. No, <laughs> I was having the same conversation with my roommate the other day. <laughs> All right, let's go on it's to like the next you, category. You fools. <laughs> The next category is Best Backlog Game. And this was absolutely unanimous. (laughs) The best backlog game was Outer Wilds. We all collectively loved that game. There's no fan vote for this one, obviously. This was just us who played them. Um, All of us voted for Outer Wilds as the number one. No contention there. I have have a question, though. What What was the number two game? The number two ended up being Super Metroid. Nice. Mm hmm. Uh, that one was Outer Wild Super Metroid Control Earthbound Castlevania. We all had Earthbound as fourth. <laughs> um, all right. I assume you had Castlevania as or Control as five, Jeff. I had Control as five. Uh, I had Castlevania second. You both had Castlevania as five, and that's why it's last. 
Damn. You fools. Still, a, I still, still think it's a good game. Yeah, I still think it's a good game. Those are all good games. Those are all good games. All right. Next category. Most disappointing game. Ooh. Um, oh, I should probably say all the nominees before. Huh? Yeah, probably. All right. Nominees were uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, Cyberpunk 2077, uh, Mario 3D All-Stars, and Marvel's Avengers. And the winner, which also makes it the loser of 2020's most disappointing game is Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Woo! Mm-hmm. The yep. the fan vote went to Cyberpunk 2077. Yep. Myself and Tcon had Cyberpunk it. as our number ones, and uh, Derek and Andrew had Mario 3D All Stars as their number ones. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's I I think both Cyberpunk and Mario were pretty. Yeah, obviously Cyberpunk was number two, um, the runner up. But yeah, it was pretty obvious that. I don't know. Both of those games were letdowns. All, all five of those games, really. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, but those top two more so than the rest, I feel. Yeah. Um. All right. Next category. Best remaster. The nominees are Persona 5 Royal, Demon Souls, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, and Spider-Man Remastered. And the winner is Persona 5 Royal. Wow. Yes. Persona 5 Royal. Uh, Andrew, myself, and T-Con's number one, which put it uh, in front by a landslide. The fans voted for Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Derek's was Demon Souls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Derek, you missed it when I said earlier that Persona 5 Royal is probably my number two favorite game ever now. Wow. It's in- And it only took 60 hours of playtime. Yeah, I'm at like 65 hours right now. <laughs> but it's... <laughs> God damn, that game is incredible. I, I surely love it. Um, yeah. The runner-up was Demon Souls. All right. Best multiplayer. The nominees for best multiplayer were Valorant, Ghosts, uh, Ghost of Tsushima Legends, Fall Guys, Legends of Runeterra, and Golf with Your Friends. And the winner is Valorant. Huh. Oh. Myself, Derek, and Tcon all had Valorant as our number one. Okay. The oh, wow. Fa- the fans and Andrew voted for Fall Guys. Fall Guys was the runner-up. I thought it was going to be either of them. Mm. Uh, I think three of us all really liked Valorant. We played that game a yeah. ton. So, Despite um, that we haven't played it since. Like I haven't beta. played it since beta. <laughs> I really liked it. I still I loved that. I liked that game more than Fall Guys. I don't know why yeah. we fell off of Valorant. I like the game of Valorant more than Fall Guys, but I think Fall Guys is a more fun multiplayer experience. Um, yeah. I, well, you just don't like first person shooters, so. It's, I, it's, I like Valorant more than Fall Guys, but I think <laughs> Fall Guys is a better multiplayer experience. See, my my whole thing with Fall Guys is like, yeah, there's guys there. It's like you you play I that fall. game solo, but like even when you're playing Valorant solo, it's about the team. You know, yeah, that's that's more so my mentality is why I thought Valorant was was the best multiplayer. Fall Guys is about 
fucking over everybody else. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to move on to best moment. So the nominees oh for best moment were the honeybee in dance sequence from Final Fantasy VII, the final haiku from Ghost of Tsushima, he's our Spider-Man from Spider-Man Miles Morales, beating Hades from Hades, and Abby versus Ellie from The Last of Us Part Two, And the winner is beating Hades. Whew. Really? The honeybee dance sequence was the runner-up. Um, let's see. We all had a different number one. Interesting. I had <laughs> honeybee dance. Andrew had he's our Spider-Man. Derek had the final haiku. And Tikon had beating Hades. The fans had voted for he's our Spider-Man. Damn right. Question. Uh, question. <laughs> all right. Question number four. <laughs> Sorry. In that, how many? How many total points did did? that get then so beating hades and honeybee dance equin uh and honeybee dance sequence were tied at 14 but based on the fan votes beating hades oh my god took, took the win they wow. because, because more wow. more fans voted for hades than final fantasy pretty That's crazy awesome. see you hear that fans you made a difference yeah, <laughs> the fans there, there are a few instances where the fan vote had a, an impact, so it's not for nothing. Nice. All right, best new character. The nominees were Philbo Fiddlepie from Bug Snacks, Jin Sakai from Ghost of Tsushima, Lev from The Last <laughs> of Us Part Two, Chadley from Final Fantasy VII Remake. And Ichiban Kasuga from Yakuza Like a Dragon. And the winner of Best New Character is Jin Sakai. Woo! Yeah, Jin Sakai I was, was very... it was going to be Philbo. Philbo Philippi <laughs> was the <laughs> runner-up. fucking great, dude. Philbo was the runner-up. Um, Philbo was my number one. Tikon had Chadley as his number one. Andrew, Derek, and the fans had Jin Sakai as their number one. So yeah. congratulations to Jin Sakai. <laughs> Wherever you are. <laughs> Wherever you are, Jin Sakai. If All you're right. listening. We're going on to... Write us an email. Best, <laughs> best soundtrack. The nominees for best soundtrack are... The Pathless, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and Hades. And the winner of best soundtrack is... We all know it's Final Fantasy VII Remake, baby. Let's yeah, go. we do. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake was myself, Andrew, Tikon, and the fans' number one vote. Wow. Derek had Hades as his number one vote. Hades was the runner-up. Wow. Andrew, you didn't you didn't put the Pathless? Pathless was Dude, his number two. Don't get me two. wrong. The Pathless is fucking great, but there was, like, there was actually a period of time where I had Final Fantasy at three, um, but the more I listened to it, I was just like, no. Oh, this is fucking incredible. Uh, yeah, Andrew had the Pathless as his number two. So yeah. All right, we're gonna move on now to best performance. The nominees for best performance are Laura Bailey playing Abby from The Last of Us Part Two, Najee Jeter playing Miles Morales from Spider-Man Miles Morales, Darren Korb playing Zagreus and other people, but mostly nominated for Zagreus from Hades. Sandra San, who played Kamala Khan in Marvel's Avengers, 
and Cody Christian, who played Cloud Strife in Final Fantasy VII Remake. And the winner of Best Performance is Najee Jeter from Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, Laura Bailey came in second. Myself and the fans voted. Actually, I voted for Najee as my number one. Uh, Andrew and Derek had Laura Bailey as their number one. Tikon had Cody Christian as his number one. And the fans split the vote between Najee Jeter and Laura Bailey. Mm. All right. We're moving on to best writing. The nominees for best writing are Hades, Paper Mario, and the Origami King. Bug snacks. (laughs) Spider-Man Miles Morales. And The Last of Us Part 2. And the winner for best writing is Hades. Nice. The Last of Us Part 2 was the runner-up. Myself and Tyler voted for Hades. Andrew, Derek, and the fans had their votes for The Last of Us Part 2. And when I say votes, this is is your number one slot. Because we didn't vote for a single thing. We ordered them. And it was an aggregate list based on your placements. So yes. Hades took best writing. All right. Best narrative. The nominees for best narrative are Ghost of Tsushima, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Yakuza, Like a Dragon, and Hades. And the winner for best narrative is also Hades. Oh my god. Hades wow. got the one two punch. Um Final Fantasy VII Remake was the runner up. Myself well, Myself and Derek voted for Hades. Andrew voted for, or his number one was Yakuza Like a Dragon. Tcon's number one was Final Fantasy VII Remake. And the fans split the vote between Ghost of Tsushima and Spider Man. It's a little bit of love from everyone. That's, yeah. It was a very this one was the closest by far. This is another one where um Hades and Final Fantasy were tied in points, but because two people had it as their number one, Hades took the win. Damn. Yeah. Uh and then Spider Man was one one point back. So this was wow. a very, very, yeah. very close one. Very close. All right. Best art direction. The nominees for best art direction are Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Hades. Ghost of Tsushima. Paper Mario, The Origami King, and Final Fantasy VII Remake. And the winner of Best Art Direction is Ghost of Tsushima. Andrew, huh. D- mm-hmm. Andrew, Derek, and the fans had voted for Go- uh, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima. Tikon voted for Final Fantasy VII Remake. I voted for Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Ori, Ori was the second place. All right. Moving on to Best Animation and Graphics. Our nominations are The Last of Us Part 2, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and Ori, and The Will of the Wisps. And the winner of Best Animation and Graphics is The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, I thought it was going to get snubbed. The, <laughs> I thought the, it wasn't going to win anything. The runner, wa- the runner-up was Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Myself, Andrew, and Derek had our number one as The Last of Us. 
Tikon had it as Final Fantasy VII Remake. And the fans again splitting the, the votes between Ghost <laughs> of Tsushima and Spider-Man. Tikon, I can't say I'm Spider-Man. surprised, but I'm noticing a trend here. Uh, Tikon had Final Fantasy any, and lot. as first in, I think, all but two categories it was nominated for. He also nominated it for Most Disappointing. Despite it not being there. <laughs> I, went, uh, I went for a clean sweep, just win everything. All right, the big three. So the next one we're going to do is next, or best game feel. We have Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost Runner, and Astro's Playroom. And the winner of best game feel the biggest landslide in the entire voting system is Spider-Man Miles Morales. Yeah. All three of you and the wow. fans had it as the number one. I had Ori as my number one, and then Spider-Man as my number two. Yeah, those games are so, like, equivalent to me, but the the dual sense really pushed Spider-Man over the edge. Mm. Yeah. See? See, I didn't pick Final Fantasy for something. Um, yeah, he actually had a third there. <laughs> Yeah, I was very shocked. All right, best game direction. The nominees are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ghost of Tsushima, Astro's Playroom, and The Last of Us Part Two. And the winner of best game direction is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, uh, Let's go! With Hades being a very, very close second. Uh, Andrew and Tikon voted for Final Fantasy VII Remake. My vote went to Hades. Derek and the fans went to Ghost of Tsushima. Nice. Right, Andrew. Okay, here yes. it is. The big one. Oh, boy. The biggest, oh boy. The biggest of the ones. The only Game of the Year award that matters. Game Depends of the on. Year. The Game of the Year nominees are... I shouldn't do that. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Hades, and Spider-Man, Miles Morales. And the winner of the 2020 Game of the Year Sharky is Final Fantasy VII yeah. Remake. Uh, wow. Final Fantasy VII Remake is our game of the year, boys. It was my number one. It was Tcon's number one. Andrew had voted for Ori. Derek voted for Hades. And the fans, who I think all but two categories where it was eligible, voted for Ghost of Tsushima. The fans were very big advocates oh, for yeah. Ghost of Tsushima. Yes, so. But yeah, Hades was the runner up. Damn. Yeah. Wow. So that's it. What are our thoughts? Oh, I'm very pleased. I bet you are. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that wholeheartedly. Andrew and Derek had Final Fantasy in their third slot. Hades was only two points away, and there was yeah. some strong contention on Ori, which pushed it down. And uh, Tikon had Ghost really low, which pushed it down. Tikon has Ghost in his last spot. So do I. Oh yeah, and Andrew did. So. Yeah, so did I. Oh no, I had Ori in my last. Spot, yeah, you had so. Ori. Derek, you had Ghost second. <laughs> I had Ghost second. <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll I'll read the order just for this one. So my my order was Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ori, Ghost of Tsushima, Spider Man. Andrews was Ori, Spider Man, Final Fantasy, 
Hades Ghost. Derek was Hades Ghost Final Fantasy Spider-Man Ori. Tcon was Final Fantasy Spider-Man Hades Ori Ghost. So, yeah, Final Fantasy was just the, the most consistent across the board, and Hades was yeah. close by. I had a feeling that that might happen. Yeah. So, and that's that's why we were rewarding it. It's the one that we all consistently felt the highest about, on yeah. average. Yeah, so, I think uh, what Final Fantasy VII is doing as a remake is pretty unprecedented. Yeah, um, especially yeah. That's I'm happy it won game direction for that reason too. Even though I had Hades as my number one because I think that gameplay loop is incredible and like having the story be the main important or like a driving factor in a roguelike is pretty incredible what final fantasy 7 remakes doing as a remake and like having it both be a remake and a sequel at the same time is pretty possibly allegedly allegedly no one knows for sure we don't know yet i would say both games equally pushed their genres uh forward a few leaps in you know yeah, I wouldn't say Final Fantasy so much its genre as the concept of a remake. Yeah, I don't know. I think it. I, I think it really. the The coolest thing it did was its combination of t- time or of like action based combat and also turn dish. Ba- you know, like it did something if, really cool it with its combat. Old and, I think and new JRPG combats together in yeah. a way that we've never seen. So, anyone feel like some anything was snubbed? Anyone feel like uh, like they're super happy that something won? What are our overall thoughts? Oh. I think uh, Ori's the best game that came out this year, and you guys are criminals. All right, Derek. So Derek has it last year, so I don't know why. Derek, why do you feel Ooh. not so hot about Ori? Here's your chance. Uh, so you know, you know how when we we were hyping up Hades. Um, and Andrew started uh, playing Hades, and he was like, "You know, it's good, but like, I just didn't get the hype." We did that. That's to you. how I felt about Ori. Like, I was waiting the whole game for that moment that you guys like were talking about, where like you felt like Spider-Man almost, like swinging around and yeah. flinging around, and I just never, I never got it. Huh. You must have just played the game wrong. Uh, <laughs> maybe user error, like. I didn't have a very difficult time with the game. I felt like the combat was, like, okay. It was better than... It was better than the first one, but I still feel like it... Like, even though it's more complex and there's more to it than, like, Hollow Knight, I still feel like Hollow Knight was better because it was so simple. Like, I don't know. Like, the, the best parts of the game are... The, the the boss fights the boss fight against the spider the boss fight against uh the the frog guy whatever his yeah, name the is the boss fights in Ori are fucking incredible yeah, yeah. and so then cool. the, bo- the the last boss fight uh um against Shriek are all very very they are the highs I th- of the game I think um it I think it was just the in between the 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 in between moments maybe where I didn't like love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I overall I think it's it's like it's probably one of the top Metrovanias I've ever played. I mean, like yeah, I would yeah, put it still, up there. Yeah, but it just it wasn't my game of the year for sure. I still think I, I still I think it deserves to be on there. I yesterday I didn't, but after I finished it today, I do think it. I think the ending is awesome. Yeah, and, the ending is one of the best endings in games. I think. Yeah, like it, I I. Yeah, yesterday I wasn't so hot on it. Today, 
thinking about it more, uh, I do think it deserve it definitely deserves its nominations. Um, it just wasn't it wasn't my number one. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy yeah. that we came to our senses and gave The Last of Us best animation and graphics. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was ever a question, though. Uh, I mean, Tcon obviously has his biases. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like anyone, because like there were a lot of strong I haven't contenders. I played it too, so yeah, it's just like a technical, like yeah, technical achievement, and everything's gonna look to that as like yeah, the gold standard yeah. of animation in video games. I have my own personal opinions about all of these games and and how those opinions kind of coagulate to form my general thought about a game. Um, I kind of put that aside to give each game its chance to shine and recognize like its individual strengths. Like The Last of Us isn't in my top 10 games of the year. Mm. It's not even close. Um, But like... I can recognize that that game is like objectively one of the be- like until Demon Souls came out the best looking game, like t- technically, yeah, of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's insane. Yeah, it is crazy. The only other thing that I thought was cool is that Hades won both narrative and writing. I, they're both that was super strong. That was a little bit surprising for me. Yeah. Why? Yeah, because I had them. Uh, Hades was it, last for I had it narrative. last for narrative. And third for and writing. I had it third in writing, yeah. Yeah, Derek and I had had it first for narrative, and Tikan <laughs> had it second. Well, then that'll do it. Yeah, so we were both all very high on the narrative. How? Yeah, didn't how, hit me. Yeah, how many runs did you get in? <sighs> At least 30. Wow. And you never beat it after 30 no. runs? I never felt like wow. I was close to beating it. I never got past the third floor. So I looked recently, and I I beat it on my thirty second run. Really? Mm-hmm. I've I the huh. the most I I booted it up um recently to to kind of sample it before I put in my send in my final votes, uh and I got to the boss of the third floor, but when I got there, I didn't feel like I had any possible chance to beat him. So. Have you you said know. you unlocked all the weapons? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. just especially once you beat Hades, which shout out to that being the moment of the year as well. It the story just opens up even more and it gets more and more interesting. So I think uh I think you would appreciate it more if you got past that point. Probably. It yeah. just it just didn't grab me, you know. Yeah, and I I put it fourth in my game of the year list, even though I like Ghost of Tsushima more, mm. because I am I do recognize that what that game is doing is is really really special. Mm. Um, anyone else have uh, any uh anything they want to note on before we wrap this up? I I do want to ask, did you guys how many of you actually listened to all of the soundtracks? I went and and sampled all of them. I didn't listen sampled. to all of them. I didn't listen to all of them in their entirety, but I gave each of them their time. Same. I, I didn't listen to the entirety. I just picked around through their songs. I think the only one I didn't go back and listen to was Final Fantasy VII Remake, and that was because I think it was the one I had the most memory of, despite it being the on the lower end of my list. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. But I, but I did, I did like I, wa- I, I wanted to give the pathless a chance. Uh, yeah, I needed to know how many of you guys did the pathless dirty. Yeah, we no, all I, had it in last place. I, I did listen to it a little. <laughs> bit. Oh, the more I listened to it, the more I was like, okay, 
this is this just sounds like Star Wars music. I've heard oh. this music a lot. Is that's it, that's how I was when I was listening to Doom. I was like, this is just that's just atmospheric. Yeah, it's just metal. And Doom was my like my fourth place. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The the pathless. The more I listened to it, I was like, okay, it's what it's doing is good. But I've heard it a lot. Whereas Hades, Ori, and Final really? Fantasy I think stuff. The pathless I, is so unique. Mm, I don't know. It. I feel like I, that. I don't see the Star Wars comparison really. Man, those French horns are very Star Wars. Yeah, it shares you. one instrument. <laughs> I don't know. I'll give it more of a listen, but at this point, it doesn't really even matter. The yeah. real, the real snub of best soundtrack was Star Renegades. Let's be real. Mm, I don't know <laughs> that one. I mean, I think, I think that at least for me, for the Pathless, I just, I couldn't put the gameplay to the sound, whereas every other game, I could put the gameplay to the soundtrack. And, and I get that. That. I mean, I'm happy. Difference. I'm happy. I uh, got it on our top five, regardless. Um, but that game, the soundtrack for that game is fucking good. So, all right. Well, that wraps up the Sharkies. Thank you, gentlemen, for participating and uh, playing video games this year. Here's to a 2021 where we all play even more video games. Yes, I hopefully. Yes. That's the plan. <laughs> Alright, uh, let's do some trivia and get the oh, S shit. Out of here. Forgot about trivia, didn't you? I Ever forgot about in a while. that. <laughs> it's been a while since we've done trivia. Yeah, for real. So trivia the... is what I look forward to most every episode. Is it? That's I mean, nice. it usually uh, is, but we haven't done it in like not. three weeks. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright, <clears throat> so... The, the theme for this Megabyte trivia is the 2020 Sharkies, obviously. Each question has to do with one of the uh, Game of the Year nominees. So, question number one. What is the name of Jin Sakai's sword? It has a name. You only get one sword through the whole game, and you continuously upgrade that sword through the whole game. What is the name of Jin's sword? Tikan. What is the name of Jin's sword? Sakai family sword. I don't... Andrew. Yeah, that was my guess. It was like Sakai clan sword or something. Derek. Uh, I just said Ishin. <laughs> the name of it is Sakai Storm. Huh. It is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's anytime you go to upgrade the sword, it's boom right there in front of your face. Yeah. So no I've points. I've only done it once. Question number two. Who is the giant bear you find in the top of the mountain in Ori and <laughs> the Will of the Wisps? Tigon, we're going to have you go first on this one because you definitely didn't get that far. Yes, I did. I you passed did? him. Oh, did. well, what's his yeah. name? I don't remember. Smokey. <laughs> <laughs> but Derek, I got past him. Derek, what's the name of the big bear on top of the mountain? Is it? It's like Boor. Andrew? It's Bauer, B-A-U-R. That is correct. I'm going to give Andrew and Derek points. Bauer. Nice. Mm. He he knew what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. Jeopardy rules. It wouldn't work, but I'm just kidding. What is the feel-good podcast that Miles listening is listening to throughout Spider-Man Miles Morales? Oh, my God. There's a podcast that he... So there's the J. Jonah Jameson podcast, which is very yeah, negative yeah. and mean in the original uh -huh. podcast. But this one, they add a nice feel-good podcast. It's all about oh, eco-friendly things. What is the name 
of that podcast. And we're going to have Andrew go first. Oh, on my God. I know it, but I don't. You're going to hear it, and you're going to kick yourself. Yeah, I know. I know it's... It's, um... No, I can't think of it. It has Danica in the name, though. It's the Danica show. Tcon. Yep. What was the name of it? <laughs> uh, Cherry Females <laughs> Show. I don't know. Derek, do you know? That's the, that's, uh, it's that's like the Bachelor. The donkey Danica. Donkey Danica. Something. VG. V, Andrew, you were Danica. so close. Oh, I know. It's Danacast. Danacast. Uh, it's yeah. literally Danica and podcast put together. I know. I knew it was something like right that, there. but I just couldn't remember. Uh, feels bad, man. All right, question number four. Which of the five infernal arms did Hades himself used to wield? Bonus point if you can give me the name of the weapon. So you get a point if you tell me which weapon it was, and you get a bonus point if you tell me the name of of the weapon. Okay. Jeff, you can just go ahead and, and, and give me a zero. Andrew, I mean, you have a one in five guess. What do you mean? From Hades? Which of the five weapons did Hades himself use there to wield? six weapons. Yeah, right? I thought which, there were six. Which of the six weapons <laughs> did Hades himself use to wield? First you said four. Did I? Yeah. Uh, I thought you said five. Yeah, I was going to say, check the tapes on that. No, like the I'm very bad at, for when you read the question. I'm bad at anyway, reading. Um, the shield. Valid. I don't know. Tikon. The spear. Derek. The spear. It is the spear. Now, can either of you tell me the name of the spear? No. <laughs> Tikon, you want to take a guess and see if you can tie Derek? The bone skewer. The spear of Longinus. What? No. <laughs> it is no, called. It's... Veratha. There you go. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, all right. So, Derek's in the lead with two points. Andrew and Tegan have one. Here is the final question. Oh, that was fast. What is Chadley's secret robot that is the f- secret final boss of Final Fantasy VII Remake? So, after you beat the game and you go back in hard mode in Chapter 14, you can go to a Chadley VR thing, and he has a gauntlet. And there's five fights, and the last one. What is the so name? It's, a, it's the fifth fight, fifth fight, and not the fourth, no uh, perceived hardest fight. Yeah, no, the fourth fight is the hardest fight, but this is the technically the final boss. It's not the hardest, okay. but all right. Uh, all right, we're gonna have Tcon go first here. What's the name of that giant robot that Chadley built? Oh man, I didn't even do this gauntlet. Uh, uh. Tiny. <laughs> Andrew? Uh, uh, E123 Omega. Derek? Chadley 9000. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is the name of the mission. It is the name of the trophy. It is called Pride and Joy. Yeah, no way. <laughs> Just no way I would have ever All right. thought of that. All right. Uh, With two points, Derek is the winner. Congratulations, Derek. And that ba, means, ba, ba, that means ba, Derek ba, wins ba, trivia ba, for the ba. year. Only my answers matter in Game of the Year, and none of yours matter, because I am the mm. trivia master. Mm, I don't think uh, so. I think only my answers matter, because I'm the one who does all the math and writes <laughs> all the winners. <laughs> uh, tiebreaker question. How many keepsakes are there in Hades? 25. 
30. That, that is know. nope. They were right the first time. Was I? Yes, yeah, 25. <laughs> All right. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Game Sharks podcast. Make sure you go to thegamesharks.com and check out all of the winners for the Game of the Year Sharkies 2020. You can check out Andrew's personal top 10 list on that website <gasps> starting uh, tomorrow morning. And you can check out my personal top five list. Uh, Derek and Tikan. It'll be right now when you're listening to this. Yeah, you can go to the website right now and check out our personal game of the year World list. Premiere. Derek and Andrew, <laughs> or Derek and Tikan, are you planning on doing any of your own? lists of your favorites of the year no yes maybe yes yeah maybe. yeah all right well is, you... is like yours going out this week and andrew's going out next week or something nope no they're, they're both going both live tomorrow. tomorrow all right so uh well as soon as derek and tcon get those up we'll let you know on the podcast so you can go and check those out it's pretty cool to see what everyone's own personal lists look like they're going to be very different from each other. And you're going to see things on those oh, lists yes. you didn't see anywhere in the nominations. So That's correct. Um, check us out on Instagram at GameSharksPodcast. And you can send us an email, GameSharksPodcast at Yahoo.com. Send us any trivia. Send us any questions you have for us. Check in and say hi. What was your game of the year? I would like to know. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode. And with that, we are Finn. <laughs>